0: Campbell's comments here at uh, Tabcorp, Tabcorp Park, Melton, catching up with uh, Matt Isaacs, CEO of Harness Racing Victoria. Firstly, Matt, welcome. Hi, Paul. Good to see you. Uh, we just had a little joke off screen, if you like. I'm not allowed to call him Matthew. He is a Matt, and uh, we'll go from there. We're not going to delve too much, I suppose, into your history and uh, and where you've come from, because at the minute there's some, um, you know, probably more pressing um, matters to, to get to the bottom of, I suppose, or, we'll, you know, get out there for the public, for people to be able to understand. Might catch up with you, you know, maybe after Christmas or something like that and um, find out how it's all going for you and a little bit of your history so people can get sure. behind it. We will get part of that out there, firstly, from there. But um, big announcements yesterday. $10 million in operational efficiencies and prize money reductions um, came out yesterday. A lot of... A uh, lot been said on social media, privately, uh, phone calls here and there. And I thought, well best way to do it is we uh, get it out there um, for people to understand it. So starting off, first point to start off with is um, prize money reduction of $3.9 million, which does, it's one of those things, it sounds. It does sound a lot. Um, I think we're up around the $49 million prior to that anyway. So it'll get us back to about 45 million. Is that roughly where we're at?
1: So 45, $47 million inclusive of incentives are included in that. So it is a $3.9 million reduction, Paul. Um, it's something that we've labored on for some time um, coming into the business, you know it's a six month mark for me now, and um, I think for most people out there, um, you know I recognize that these decisions are, are very difficult. Uh, it is, is impacting um, uh, our participants uh, who work incredibly hard to to put the show on and um, I'm very sensitive to that. Um, but so it's something that we've had um, certain, significant consideration around for a, a long period of time. Uh, we've talked to various different stakeholders throughout the process and um, whilst none of those stakeholders and none of the kindred bodies are happy about the decision and and, and nor are we at Harness Racing Victoria, um, These these decisions are made for the future of harness racing in Victoria and the future of harness racing in Victoria. So...
0: One of the things, and I will reiterate it after this conversation, you and I have had a couple of conversations. I think that is the best part about what I've come from you, harness racing in Victoria. Although it is HRV, it is effectively harness racing in Victoria and it affects the whole state and growing the product as well as Australia-wide.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Like, I think... um there's a clearly from what I've seen coming on board and it's a real challenge for us and a challenge for me to find a way to get closer to the industry and bring the industry closer to the decisions we're trying to make. Ultimately, the reason I'm here and and the broader team at um, HRV is here is to help facilitate and put the show on and provide opportunities for participants and owners uh, to earn earn an uh, an outcome out of the sport. Um, but But I think the key thing, uh, for that, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time uh, on both sides to kind of uh, put down put all you know, some history aside and um, put down put down kind of perceived views of uh, each other yep. and work closely together. Um, I think I need to do a really uh, strong uh, education process with some of our participants around how the industry works, how the business model works, how it's funded. Uh, the challenges and headwinds that we have right now and some of the future challenges that uh, we we could have come at us uh, in the not too distant future as well. And we will touch on a couple of those. Um, The $3.9
0: million stake reduction, how how did that figure come about like? So
1: uh, we, Back in about March uh, this year, conversations we started having with government leading into the government, uh, the state government uh, budgeting process released in in May. Um, and I know everybody out there be very familiar with uh, the level of government debt uh, and the challenges that the state government have. And obviously everybody that lives in Victoria has as a result. So um, government statutory bodies aren't immune to that. And Harness Racing Victoria, uh, being a government statutory body, has been asked along with other statutory bodies such as the library and the art center, et cetera, um, to find a way to live within their means. Uh, So harness racing here in Victoria has been sustained for a long period of time through government support and the government have done a remarkable job um, uh, supporting us over a long period of time. And uh, the HRV board has done a great job engaging government for that support. in May, uh, it was very clear that we had to start finding a way to return to a uh, financial independence from government. And over the last couple of months, we've been working very hard with government support to have a runway to do that. Um, And uh, that has been incredibly challenging and uh, something that um, we have government support and understanding of what we need to do but part of that was also to demonstrate that we're prepared to make some changes to our cost base uh, and prize money's part of that being 55% of our cost base. Yep. Uh, so any reduction would always have an element of uh, prize money attached to that. Um, but I think it's important that we don't lose sight that there's other initiatives and you know, up to $6 million we're targeting in other cost out initiatives internally through um, uh, people uh, through operational changes, through services we might not provide into the future, and uh, they're things that we've been working through over the last couple of months as part of this uh, this process. I think
0: we need to be aware, like a lot of people aren't aware, um, where this the other six point one is coming, and you, we've spoken there briefly before starting this that a lot of those things are still to come, and you, you've got to work your way through those, um, and, and won't be making announcements from. But we do need to be aware that. There was also a reduction in the staffing, if you like, um, unfortunately for those people. But there was loss of jobs over this factor as well. These are not easy decisions. It's not like you turned around and said, right, we're just going to take that stake money off and that'll save us money. I mean, when you're affecting people's livelihoods, as you are the people putting the show on, if you like, the people in the stalls, but also the people behind the scenes at HRV that have been driving it. And have a care for the industry, and we're not going to name any names. But they have a care for the industry. They've devoted their time, their love, um, and their affair. And unfortunately, they they now are unemployed.
1: It's not an easy decision that you had to sit down and make. No, it's not. It's a, it's a challenging. Uh, it, it is challenging. And uh, but uh, while that's you know it's a heavy load for uh, a lot of the leaders in it uh, within the team. It's a lot harder being on the receiving end of those types of messages. And you use the word care, but. Actually, it's love. There's people in this industry that uh, love the industry, that work in um, headquarters, if you like, that uh, love it as much as everybody else out there. So um, good people have been impacted. Uh, We continue to talk to them about options. Uh, But one thing that I um, will do is ensure that we focus the business uh, back to what matters and be hyper-focused on cost to maximize returns to participants. Um, We need to get aligned around racing, which is ultimately the product, um, ownership uh, and wagering. Uh, They're really the three key factors there and I can explore that further throughout this chat. Um, Integrity clearly, welfare, and ultimately with a view that returns come back to participants. Um, You know, I just hope that, you know, these measures are um, short term to sustain ourselves uh, and then we can build the momentum again into the future and start to release money when it becomes available back into things like prize money with a reset cost base as well.
0: It is it is one of those things with businesses and it's one thing that I'll probably listen to a lot of the outside noise from people um, in around this whole conversation since your announcement's been made that um, people don't want to go backwards, but it's the reality of a lot of businesses that you do come across financial hardship or whichever way you want to look at it and you do have to restructure reset stable horses all of a sudden all your horses have got to six years of age you've got to rechange what you you do it is a reality of business no one likes it no one wants to stop plateau or even take a step backwards but unfortunately that is one part that is you know life in general yeah
1: you're right and i think you know it's um what we're dealing with is you know just you know, part we're just part of the broader economic challenges that are impacting um, all Australians and you know and obviously all Victorians as well. You know are here, so um, we've got interest rate rises, we've got you know gas bills going up, we've got um, you know petrols incredibly expensive. Uh, so I think you know we all feel that, and um, that also translates to business because the input costs are rising faster than we can generate revenues, and that's where it gets really challenging. But that's no different to what trainers are experiencing and yep. ultimately then have to find a way to recover back through ownership. And, and, I, and I do know that when we reduce prize money, that creates a, a more complex cycle there and, 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 and makes it harder for our participants and our trainers and owners, et cetera, to, to get an earn out of the sport. So, um, yeah, certainly aware about the impact that we have around those decisions.
0: We'll get on to how we make money in a sec. Is is it harder from your business where you've come from that you are dealing probably with, you know, um, probably three different nearly demographics, your, your professional trainers and drivers. You've got your, what, what you will call your sort of, your, I'll call your hobbyist, as in people that are probably making a living in a training horses, but also maybe another job. And then you've got your pure hobbyist, maybe the retired couple um, or some that are just training a few horses um, to have a bit of fun. You've got three very different
1: sort of uh, expectations, I suppose, of their livelihood. Does it make it tricky to to deal with it? Uh, I'm not too sure it makes it tricky because I don't think we sit there and segment, you know, the, yep. the trainers, the drivers, and owners into that type of segmentation. You know, we think everybody's got the opportunity to, you know, have the dream to, you know, win the Victoria Cup or the A.G. Hunter Cup. Um, everybody has the opportunity to, you know, win the Benio Pacing Cup or yep. uh, the Mildura Pacing Cup. So. Um, yeah, we want to make sure there's aspiration in the sport, uh, but we also want to make sure that you know through day to day there's an opportunity for all horses to run and compete for the relevant amount of prize money, and um, that that's important. So how that's spread across, um, I guess the prize money curve is there is very important. Um, yeah, you know, we have a rating system that's been in place for a number of years now. Um, there's some changes around that and how the prize money will be distributed around that. Uh, rating system that ultimately will uh, increase as you're moving moving up it um cause it, it's we
0: actually encouraging um a better result in a way it's, it's encouraging you know your better horses
1: uh, to go through their classes well i think we shouldn't lose sight that we are a sport we yeah, yeah we are um we are a competitive sport we are a um high performance sport and we want to be able to reward performance so um that's what we've tried to do through this process as well and i know there'll be further details released in you know, coming coming day or so uh that uh steve bell our of racing uh will release um we've worked that through with various different uh stakeholders um and i acknowledge that um you know some will not consider it right and some will consider it right so uh acknowledge that but uh, we want to uh, we want to continue to evolve and we want to continue to have open dialogue around what's right. Because um, what I do know is that um, we, uh, if the rate of change is faster on the outside than it is on the inside, the end is near. Yep. Um, sadly, that's not my quote. That's a quote from Jack Welsh. Um, he was the CEO of General Electric. But um, it, it, it's so true. Like, we need to continue to evolve and innovate around our product. Uh, we need to evolve the experience, uh, the, the, the show that we put on collectively so we can engage more participants, more punters uh, to generate the outcomes that we need, the financial outcomes that we need. Um,
0: we haven't really, I suppose, broken down that 6.1, and as I said, a lot of that will go forward. Um, one that I haven't really discussed with you, but the, the officers at Flemington seem to raise their head a lot last night on social media about moving them out here uh, to Melton. Um, I, I have one issue with that, and you and I haven't broached on this either, but there's no infrastructure actually out here at the minute and you guys are doing cost reductions and yet want buildings potentially built. But it is not as simple
1: as um saying, right we're going to move our offices out here to Melton, is it? Oh, nothing simple like that. You're uh, impacting um, people. You're impacting the ability to attract talent to the organisation. Uh, so there's a number of factors there. Um, we have. Cost associated to operating it at, at Flemington, but we are on a uh, a, a, a subsidised lease there, essentially, um, which is
0: uh, one thing that a lot of people aren't aware of. I mean, they're, yeah. They're,
1: yeah, they're sort of saying that'll solve this ten million dollar problem. No, no, it doesn't doesn't solve that. Sadly, so uh, if it did, it would have it would have happened. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you know, I think yeah, uh, you know, those things are. Um, I think through times like this that you know we are looking at. Well, I know that myself, the team are looking at every, every individual cost line uh, to improve. Uh, but I need to be clear that um, we're not going to save our way to, we're not going to save our way out of this either. We need to become laser focused on cost, but yep. we need to be able to redirect the right investment into the things that are going to help generate outcomes into the future.
0: Yeah, and, and there's a couple of other things if people are watching saying, oh, boy, you've missed this part of that part. I will bring them up in, in a second around that, but um, Matt has alluded that there's more to come. They're working on that behind the scenes, but there is a couple of things I'm sure will raise their heads. Um, but with going forward, I mean, one of the downturns to this, and, and a lot of people have lost sight of that, is the fact of this massive... TAB turnover or punting turnover. And I mean, you were with um, betting agencies in America through COVID because we had this captive audience of people that had nothing else to do, but watch in the end live sport and watch watch anything. I mean, um, hacky sack throwing and stuff like that in America, people started punting on that online. So there became this, now, as we get back to normality, however that looks, obviously they're, they're, they're taken up, their occupation's taken up by other things. So they're not punting as much. So I would imagine that that's the first part of this downturn is that our TAB revenue has dropped, and one of the main reasons of that is COVID no longer
1: exists. Well, that's right. I think when you know there's uh, it was probably a great opportunity to maximise you know the uh, the time of product and and sport in front of people uh, on the couch, clearly, or working from home. Uh, so it was a very buoyant time, and I think through that there was investment made on prize money. Um, so. Um, We have a variable income model uh, and the way we generate revenues. Um, So that does mean that we'll have to have a variable distribution of things like prize money and managing of our cost base. We need to be able to get to a point we have the right level of buffering um, to minimise those impacts on participants and our people into the future, Uh, but we're not there yet. So I, um, uh, you're right, you know, things like all the betting agencies, you know, we, we here in Victoria as part of our joint venture arrangement with TAB and we're in the last, coming to the last year of that long-term agreement, which has been in place since 2012, um, is uh, the distributions of, of that to the three codes are significantly smaller than where they were in 2013. Um, the growth in corporate bookmakers has been you know, exceptional through that period of time but essentially for every dollar we lose out of the, the TAB joint venture of consumers, punters not betting through that product, you have to grow corporate bookmaking three times faster. Yep. So that's not happening at yep. the moment. And I think it's really important for our participants to understand, um, and, and I'm sure they all do, um, that yeah, you've got pretty much three key funding mechanisms for, for, for our industry. You have our joint venture arrangement that concludes next August and it's replaced with um, a similar arrangement but not with any wagering service provider, it's directly through government. But we have a joint venture arrangement managed by TAB. We have we earn out of uh, race field fees from corporate bookmakers. So when people bet on our product in this state and interstate with uh, providers other than the TA the TAB, uh, we, we we generate an income. And we also generate an income through the the port of consumption tax that's placed on wagering here in Victoria when yep. uh Victorian's bet on racing here in Victoria, we, we generate an outcome on that, as well as sport, and that's distributed back to the racing industry. So um, HRV or Harness Racing's share of that is, is small. Um, and that goes back to you know, the joint venture arrangement that was agreed uh, back in 2012. So uh, we need to, um, you know, we need to uh, resolve that into a new agreement. We need to ensure that we're getting our fair share to be able to put the show on and run our sport and have a prosperous sport. Uh, but we are in a really difficult financial time a perfect storm if you like with yep. both how the wagering market's performing the end of a long-term funding arrangement in conjunction with the tab and um, yes yeah and the broader economic challenges to, yeah yep
0: yeah. so one of the stories when you came in, that was you know, the reason you're bought in is because of this new new arrangement um, and your understanding of betting and, and wagering, if you like, and, and, and how, how that works since you've been in the job for six months. Like, are you positive? Like we could get, um, this probably scares some people, but we could get a similar outcome to what we've got now. Like, um, I'm probably a little bit different to a few people to get a better result, you know, might be pie in the sky sort of stuff, but are we uh, are a chance of potentially um, having something similar to where we've been?
1: So first and foremost, August next year, uh, a new funding mechanism uh, begins, and that's a combination of uh, increase in the point of consumption tax here in Victoria that will split. So it doesn't start to August next year? Yeah, we will yep. split evenly with government. So it'll move to 15% from 10% today. We'll, we'll, we'll receive 7.5% of that to be distributed through the three codes. So RV, uh, HRV and GRV. That's on all, all racing betting and all sports betting. So that's distributed that way. So how we, how we make that up hasn't been, dis- uh, dis- how we dis- split that up hasn't been discussed yet between the three codes. Um, we will aspire to get what, what we can, but um, like, uh, like what we're experiencing, um, the other two codes are in a similar position as well. So um, you know, we have to understand that you know, right now, racing is, uh, uh, is challenged uh, across the three codes and we're, we're gonna work closely together to maximise those opportunities because it's a big part of our heritage here in Victoria. It's a huge employer, it has huge economic Uh, value uh, and we'll continue to work with government closely to to maximise the returns for for our participants um, across all three codes.
0: One thing I suppose um, personally that I find frustrating from people is we say harness racing, the greyhound guys say greyhound racing, but at the end of the day we are a racing product with with the thoroughbreds um it's not us against them we need to i'm sure from your point of view but also harness people we need to embrace it i know a lot of the guys got crayons and things like that so that actually generates that turnover but that is actually the reality of the whole thing isn't it that the fact that the more people that actually bet on the racing product the better off we are if they bet on harness racing of course we are definitely better off but we need that racing product to be i suppose generated and turned
1: over yeah, so into the future, we're going to uh, be less reliant on obviously, uh, um, you know, the tab will be about, you know, all, all of those yep. uh, providers. So, um, and we will need to kind of, you know, earn, earn our share and win our share. Um, so how we do that is obviously going to have to be through, you know, how we innovate, how we connect with uh, participants, how do we grow our, um, how do we grow a wagering um, ecosystem, or a wagering, wagering universe. Know, the better people we can get to. Um, we, we're roughly 2.8% of uh, TAB's racing share at the moment, uh, nationally, so... Which is a worry. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's traditionally been about that. It's similar across all the other uh, wagering service providers as well. We are the largest bet on harness racing sport here in, in the country, uh, in Australia. And, um, you know, we should be proud about that. We have a great product um, and we have, you know, huge op- you know, really good opportunities ahead to, to get that right. And I'm challenging the team to look at ways that we can do things differently and uh, schedule differently. Uh, look at kind of our race construct, the, when we're racing, etc., to maximise the opportunity to earn for our industry. Just so
0: on that, um, there's talk that you're going to close tracks um, and the rest, and I'm not going to you're not going to be drawn on on that. But the one thing that there is, there is turnover better on certain tracks. We're here at at melton and and per race more money gets turned over per race here at melton we're in dire straits so surely we should just race every meeting here at melton it's not quite that simple i know but but that's one of the ways that you know a lot of people look at it and we could go forward
1: yeah i think you know consolidation of tracks isn't part of the conversation at the moment but i think when you've got a a challenged industry and we need to be able to develop a future together we are going to all have to work together to find what the right outcomes are um, one of the challenges that we have with 28 different race tracks here in Victoria is the capital infrastructure requirement to keep them to a standard that's safe and has the welfare requirements for horses into the future, etc. Uh, the facilities for people to go on course, etc. So um, that's going to be particularly challenging. Um, but you, but you are right. The um, where you race does make a difference, and when you race makes a difference. But what I, I want to be really clear that um, we don't have any plans to. Um, to, to close to close tracks or anything like that. Um, I was a country kid. Um, I know how important it is. People to
0: may not know you. You were born in Mildura. You lived in Benigo um, Yeah, I grew up
1: in Bendigo. So, um, so I, I know how important this uh, our uh, our industry is to regional Victoria, and I know how important it is. You know, for the one or two days a year it is in some of our uh, our country towns, and that is the fabric of what we are. And I think our superpower is actually. Um, strength that we have in regional Victoria, yep. and uh, and and also the um, you know the uh, superpower of uh, uh, female participants that are you know um, dominant in their sport. I think it's, a, it's a, we've got some great stories there, and we've got to do a better job of telling that. But I think um, yeah, the the regional piece is 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 an important part of who we are, and I think we can play to our advantage but we also have to balance that with getting the right economic returns through our race programming. So where we race, when we race, etc., is important.
0: And and that generates a TAB term, which gives us a larger percentage that if, yeah, like I said, if we race seven days a week yeah. here at Melton, um, the guys here would be very happy. Everyone else would be happy, but, except for the country tracks. It's, it's not gonna happen, I know that, but. Yeah,
1: so indicatively, um, racing here at Melton as an average is about 35% higher than the average across all the other tracks, so. Um, yeah, so there is upside, but, you know, we've got strong returns out of Nildura, uh Bendigo, Ballarat, Geelong, Shepparton, Cranbourne. So there is some really strong product out there. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a few upset. I didn't mention their clubs, but, you know, they're kind of the, the, the leading tracks. The, well, the leading and I mean, tracks.
0: they're massive urban growth areas. That's they right. They really are. I mean, Geelong's the second largest city in Victoria. Bendigo, Ballarat, Shepparton, just ballooning. Like, it's That's just right. ridiculous. And so. you also
1: map the horse population, the training population against that. You know, there's this huge... Um, and this will be no surprise to anybody watching, but just, you know, through kind of Ballarat through to Sheppin is really our heartland. Yep. And um, so it does make sense to utilise the facilities in your heartland to a higher frequency. There's less travel time. There's less time of participants on the road. Uh, there's obviously less cost associated to being on the road. Uh, so, yeah, they're all important considerations when we're thinking about that. And the way we'll go about that is a real data science-led approach. So we can look at how we can optimise it, but bring all those different factors into the calculations as well. Uh, so that pro- that programme of works uh, I- is starting. Uh, that'll be you know that'll be quite a complex piece of work. Um, and uh, you know, with four thousand three hundred races a year, approximately across twenty-eight tracks, and you know, nine nine race meetings are um, uh, yeah, uh, nine, nine races a meeting. There's a lot of different combinations there. So uh, so yeah, and. So but w- when we start that process, we'll obviously have the right consultation process, et cetera. But ultimately it will be built with maximising participant, um, returns back to the participants, but also managing uh, the welfare of our, our participants as yeah. well.
0: And that less travel um, and, yeah. and, and like So So again, have it here. It's no good for the guys for ship, because it's two hours, guys from Belgrade, it's only one yeah. hour. So you've, there's so many yeah. other factors um, involved uh, in that. Um, generating this TAB turnover, getting more people back to the track. You said that before about marketing and and promoting our industry different, something we need to take on and try and get the message out there in a different way.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we've got great assets like Trots Vision, um, and I think Trots Vision is something that is an asset. We've just got to use that well to be able to tell the stories of our our participants, our trainers, our drivers, and, you know, and the horses. They're all the heroes of our sport. So we've got to do a better job of that content piece. We've got to celebrate moments like Just Believe being over in the Elite Lop, et cetera. Baron Zeus Barron Zoo's uh, going Aldebaran to Baron Zeus, Yeah, heading off, uh, I think on Tuesday night. Uh, uh, yeah, we went, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we've got some really exciting stuff happening and we should be really proud about that. So we really need to engage around that. But the important thing for us is, is to find a way we get our industry out to, let's call it the mainstream. You know, Start with the thoroughbred punters. How do we get our thoroughbred punters into our product? How do we get greyhound punters into our product? That's where opportunity, immediate opportunity is to grow. So that's got to be how we start to schedule, set up around you know how we get in people's lounge room or connected on their phone, etc. So they're all opportunities ahead, and the things that you know, we're going to narrow our focus on because if we can if we can engage our fans and create a bigger fan base, um, yep. that's where that's how we grow our sport.
0: And as an industry, as an industry participant, a person that buys, uh, breeds, race horses, and that we have an obligation as well to do that and to, to do that in a, in a correct and, and proper manner through our social media platforms and, and getting those messages out there. We have yeah. to be aware of what we're doing.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So I think, you know, we, we've all got a role to play in this. Um, yeah. Um, we are, it, it's, it's like, I'm the I'm custodian. I'm only here, here as a facilitator to, to help uh, ensure this sport um, prospers uh, and has a future for the people in it now and the next generation that's coming through. And we we owe it all to that next generation to make sure we work together yep. to, to ensure that there's something here to hand over. And, uh, you know, I, I really want to make sure we've got the right pathways, we've got the right development, we've got the right education. And uh, so they're, they're, their focus is, but ultimately, you know, what's going to fund that is how we how we connect our product back out there to the broader community and people that, you know, enjoy wagering as, a, as an entertainment, as a, as, a, as, a, as a pastime and an escapism. As... Done responsibly. Um,
0: as living within our means, um, which is one of the things that you guys have got to do, and we have to do as, a, as an industry, um, is the only way we can live within our means through betting turnover? Is there other ways, we, we spoke there before, about marketing and, and getting it out there, um, but like, but TOB betting, betting turnover is always been what people have banged on about. We've got to generate more TOB turnover. Is that our only way going forward?
1: Well, we, yeah, we, we, you know, uh, we have so, you know sponsors out here and we're grateful to all the sponsors we have that connect with our product um, and, you know, around all of our tracks, there's community sponsors, et cetera. I think we've got to work hard to continue to identify the right types of people and sh- to showcase our sponsorship, uh, th- their sponsorship connection to our sport. Um, you know, we take, you know, Uh, the various different sponsors around Melton here, I can see reflecting in the window um, in front of me. uh, Yeah, that's broadcast on Sky. That's in front of thousands of eyeballs a day. Um, So there's an opportunity to grow our sponsorship piece. Um, There's, uh, you know, opportunity to probably open up other different revenue streams through different betting product types, et cetera. But when it comes down to it, like um, we are relying on, on on the wagering side of it. Uh, but we need to continue to find other uh, other revenue streams.
0: And I think that part is important because I think at the end of the day, when we put on a show, the trainers, the drivers, the breeders, um, the owners put all, you know, we need to be aware that you know this this does affect this race can albeit minutely or majorly, you know, affect the outcome of our our going forward. I mean, the problem that the announcements that you've made are not announcements that have happened in six months since you've been in this, this tenure. It's a long-term issue, if you like, um, and we need to be aware, we need to be better, um, we need to lose the, ta- the monarchy of the Red Hots. You know, cheats on seats, we, I've heard them all, you know, um, crims with rims, they just keep rolling off. We need to change that, and that's probably one of those things that the reason why I was explaining to people then how important the TOB turnover is. It is actually important what we do both on and off the track. Yeah, the integrity of,
1: the integrity of our sport, yeah, without that we don't have a sport. And I think we've all got a role to play in integrity and, and do the right thing. And, um, and, and I know that you know, the industry's come a hell of a long way. So um, you know, I think um, you know, it's a credit to the participants and it's a credit to the work that um, um, the integrity team at HRV have done, done over a long period of time. And you know, we want to continue to work with people around educating, around um, you know, things of, in matters of integrity, et cetera, um, and, and work with our participant base there. So um, it is a critical part of it because it's about trust. Um, It's about trust in our product. It's about trust that um, there's there's a chance when you're you're investing into it uh, for our owners and also for for, for people wagering on the product.
0: Yeah, and and, as I said, just be aware of what we do uh, and what it does. Uh, With your um, uh, reduction, um, things, integrity department, won't be affected in that way?
1: No, so we've made decisions not to uh, 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 taking a cost out of our integrity department. Um, you know, within the integrity department, there's obviously the stewarding as well. So you know, we're uh, we've been somewhat stretched there. Uh, so we're um, looking to do things better, and that's to limit things like overtime, etc. Uh, in there, we're looking to be uh, have a more risk-based approach to you know how we're how we're um, assessing um, risks associated to matters of integrity. Um, so. Uh, there's no changes in in that space. Um, I think that's an important um, safeguard for our sport, um, uh, for all of our participants, as I said, owners and punters. Um, You know, initial changes are uh, certainly centered around our our racing product team um, and our commercial team, but we have other things uh, in the pipeline uh, to work on. So uh, digitizing our business processes when you're registering a horse, for instance, you know, moving into a more modernisation of that to be able to take the workload of, you know, human intervention out of it and the mistakes and the follow-up, etc. So the things that, you know, we need to make investments in uh, to be able to realise some, some efficiencies and benefit and make the experience better for our participants as well.
0: Yeah, and it will then get back to those. Um syndications and ownerships is is that one that's still one of the big challenges I know there's it's it's not as simple as just saying "Radio Paul Campbell you can now go and syndicate horses it's not that simple is that something that you guys are still trying to work on behind the scenes to potentially take it away from from Harness Racing Victoria as a, as a, a something for you guys to govern you know potentially Campbell's comments could have his own
1: syndication group so I think there's two critical stakeholders Owners and punters—they're yep. volunteering both their money into the sport, so that's kind of really the experience that should would on 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 those two cohorts. Um, not suggesting nobody else is important, but that's they're the ones that are volunteering their money into the sport. So uh, ownership's critical. Uh, without owners, we haven't got horses to train. We're not training horses, and the horses racing, there's nobody betting on it. So, um, so critical critical we have to find uh lower barriers to entry for people um i have the aspiration you know that every country football club should have you know a sh- yeah. shares in paces and trotters and you know be engaged around that sort of community element of it and i think it's a huge opportunity not just for syndication but also how our country clubs could start to pivot not just from putting the hospitality element of um the the racing show on but also start to engage the their broader community around ownership and So we're going to continue to work on that and find the right pathway to it to facilitate that, I think, with industry. I I don't want to make the mistake of trying to solve it for industry. I think we need to facilitate that with industry.
0: And I think that's one of the the things, as I said, you and I have had a couple of conversations and I've taken away from it, that it probably isn't a governing bodies issue. It is an entrepreneur, someone who wants to try and potentially make money the right way, not ripping people off and things along those lines, and then also to enjoy that experience. So it needs to be governed. But, yeah. but done in the right manner.
1: Yeah, it's, it's uh, challenging when you are the regulator of the sport as well. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So the conversations I'm having there are also with Andrew Kelly from Harness Racing Australia, because I think it's not just a Victorian solve as well, nah. it's a national solve. But
0: it's an issue for the greyhounds too. I think everyone right. will turn around and say, it's a harness racing only. It's not, yeah. the greyhounds got a big issue as well.
1: And I think yeah, one of the, yeah, um, the colonial battles of state versus state, I don't really buy into. I want to make sure harness racing prospers nationally. So I want to work really closely with our colleagues in. New South Wales, Queensland, Tassie, South Australian, WA for our sport with Andrew's coordination um, for the benefit of harness racing here in Australia. Yep. Uh, I want to see how we can re-engage New Zealand uh, yep. back into uh, back into our sport over here. So I think um, there's a lot that we we can do, and uh, uh, to to really stimulate that excitement and, and focus back on the sport, and ultimately you know find the find the stories to tell. Yeah, uh, and because I think. Where thoroughbreds have succeeded is they've had, they've had the hero horses, and it gets cut through. Like Wicks yep. is a household name, Black Caviar is a household name. So, you know we we need to create that with our stars of the sport as well.
0: And as you said there before, the young people coming through our industry is something I don't think we we recognise and we sell enough. I sat here last Friday night, and some of the young and most of them were ladies in our sport entering into it and doing just such a great job. It's it is something that we do understand probably a story for another day. No, so
1: well, I think yeah, you know, we can touch on it. I think yeah, you know, that that's that's a really important part of it. You know, you've got great initiatives like Team Teal and things like that. I really want to lean into that and celebrate that. Yeah, you because know, when I think about, you know, we've got, you know, very different young kind of I still consider myself young but um Saturday I not do, anymore. do but it was my birthday but, yesterday. Didn't you know, when you think about the next generation of people of sport, you know, um, you know, um, soccer and, you know, um people coming through like that. You know, that's, that's what we've got to be able to help build. And we owe it to that generation who are investing uh, into their future for our sport. So we've got a, we've all got a role to play there.
0: No, definitely. Um, you touched on New Zealand there before, and, and it's one of the my things. I'm going to be doing quite a few things back with New Zealand um, in the next few months, going backwards and forwards. We need to be aware of both sides of the ditch. But New Zealand's a really key one because I've had a lot of people from New Zealand seeing the social media uproar, if you like, um, overnight and waking up to it this morning and reading it. I think it was worse for, for them at the start of the year. At the start of this year, um, all stakes took a major hit um, and took a very, very big hit. And eight months down the track and people are wanting to move back to New Zealand. It is a, it is a hit and it's not ideal, but if we can learn from it, here in Victoria I'm saying if we can say right this is we've got to change this this is the new direction it's not terminal it doesn't mean that this is how the product stays for the rest of our life and our journey in harness racing
1: that's right I think we should look at this as an intervention a necessary intervention uh it allows us you know all to acknowledge the burning platform is that we are challenged um but forces us to come together and and co-create a future together and that's what I want to facilitate with the industry to do that um so uh, I am determined to find a way to generate greater returns uh, for participants. Um, if there's more money in the sport, there is more owners and it just becomes a continual uh, self-fulfilling uh, system in that respect. So uh, I'm determined to do that. And the New South Wales, uh, sorry, the Tasman, the, New-, the New-, New Zealand situation that you touched on, get there. Uh, the New Zealand situation you touched on is interesting, because it's not too dissimilar to what we're going through right. last year of a, a long term funding arrangement with TAB uh, into a new arrangement. New Zealand went through something similar. Um, you yeah, know, the, the sale of the TAB yep. uh, to Entain and then Entain have made investments into uh, to racing that have ultimately now allowing prize money uh, uh, reinvestment.
0: And it hasn't actually hit. As yet that, that they're not actually racing for that increased stake money just yet. yet. It don't matter. Every person you talk to is it's hope up, it's they're, hope. they're upbeat, and, and I, think right. I think that's I think that is the reality. Um, could talk to you for zonks. Um, firstly, we've got you've got everything that you wanted to get out there. Well, I
1: think you know, just on that last point, and I think yeah, there's often a lot of questions asked around, well, you know, New South Wales is increasing prize money, yeah. Queensland, uh, South Australia's increasing, and you know, they're right, um, but. There's, there is different funding models uh, in each of the different states, so that um, creates differences in. It's a way. not like for like. It's not like for like, and the business models of, of businesses aren't like for like as well. Um, let's use New South Wales as an example. So, Harness Racing New South Wales is somewhat. Subsidised with its allocation through the way the money is distributed with their tab arrangement in New South Wales from what happens in thoroughbreds. We don't have that benefit here. We have a direct line of sight linked to our market share and a rate that was agreed to back in 2012. So uh, we are somewhat more independent and more reliant on our own performance. Um, And the same goes for Queensland, et cetera. um, But what would be good and what I aspire to is having that independence from government um, and then when we need to lean on government, because government is still there for us to support us, is that the government ask is for things that are investing in infrastructure and lighting upgrades and LED lights tracks, all that type of thing that make a difference as opposed to just money that gets, that becomes like another coat of paint.
0: And that otherwise. is probably one of the challenges Bendigo trots were on last night. I used to be on the committee at Bendigo. There's no shed there because every time going yeah. to the government, wanting a shed, everyone's wanting money for a shed. But That's right people have got to be aware we're also wanting money for stake money for for other things as well going forward so that's that would be one of the things that if if for six months say no one goes to the government and asks
1: for any money and then one day they say can we get a shed at Bennygo? yeah it could actually happen well you know government yeah government have have done a remarkable job for harness racing supporting us and uh you know one of the situate why we find ourselves in this situation is because you know enough's enough in terms of you know, the government in their eyes. Yeah, we've got to, and we should aspire to getting that right. And I'm going to take that challenge on, on behalf of us all. But work with everybody to to find a way through this. So, I um, I, I believe it's short term. I believe we will turn the corner. We've got some great things that are coming back um, to us in terms of assets, our media assets, the opportunity to sell our vision digitally to wagering service providers and earn a small income attached to attached to attached to our vision, which we don't have today. Um, uh, finding ways to uh, get on free to wear and other other platforms so people are engaging with our product because you know our product's exciting yep under lights it's spectacular yep. so um i want to be able to i want to be able to get that out there and you know a sponsorship etc you know a wagering um, provider sponsorship you know we're working through all that at the moment now they're not the panaceas but it, they make a difference and every, every little bit adds up. And if you combine that with a rigorous focus on product innovation and uh, a laser focus on cost, cost control, cost containment, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm positive about the future for our industry and our participants.
0: One thing I want to get out there, because oh, I think I know the answer, I hope I know the answer, the government are not throwing us to the wolves. What they're no. actually saying, though, is they don't want to be handing out year after year same sort of money to to just keep propping up and then know oh, you want to make a big announcement you want more money so that's, right. that's, that's effect right. is that effectively where they're at we do still have their support <laughs> absolutely
1: um, absolutely um you know the ultimately both greyhound racing victoria and harness racing victoria are government statutory bodies and the minister is responsible um, uh, minister carbines has been incredibly supportive um, and is fighting for our industry um, with treasury um, and I think we all know the challenges that um, the current government are facing. And um, I respect the fight that he's fighting on our behalf because I'm fighting him for it. So, um, you know, and they will continue to support us and they're supporting us right now. So, um, um, you know, they, they want to see the right structural changes from us um, to, to help build confidence and build confidence in the Treasury. Yeah. Um, because I think it's hard to explain to taxpayers why you'd be continually handing over money to sustain harness racing for the joy of people to, you know, to, to try and participate and, and, and ultimately wager
0: on. Back to my thing, we put on a good show, then it's easier for them to sell that yep. than what it is if we're constantly doing you know, a bad show. Um, we gotta be aware too, like the Commonwealth Games did get cut, like I mean, you know, it's like a, a PR exercise for the government right at the minute. That's not one of their best ones. But there was a, economical reasons why they done that. So we have to be, you know, aware of what is going on around us as well.
1: We're not the only people affected yeah. um, by reductions. No, that's right. And I think, you know, that probably even plays the greater level of importance of us and the role we play in the regional communities yeah. as well. Now, so um, yeah, that's uh, you know, it's tough. It, it, it's it's tough for a lot of people. Yep, absolutely,
0: Matt, Thank you. Um, this was only a ten-minute chat. I think we went over. <laughs> over the, I have a habit. I have a habit of that. But hopefully, look, hopefully we're broken down. Um, not broken down, but give people a little bit of an understanding um, of where it's at. Um, As I said, there's more, there is more to come um, uh, and that we've got to be aware. There is 3.9 reduction in stake money, but there's also other people in the industry, people we know who have lost their employment um, with this. So it was definitely not an easy, easy decision. And for people to turn around and say, this is too hard and all the rest, it was very hard on you guys. It's not like you guys just came in and just said, bang, that's it um and hopefully we can continue to do a few more of these chats
1: mate and get word out there we make these decisions for the future yeah um it's a chance to it's a chance to you know reset rebase uh we will we will we will return to the levels of prize money into the future i know we will through the initiatives that we will put in place um i'm committed to that i'm committed to getting close to our stakeholders uh being with participants um i know people have been critical that i haven't been here on your show for instance but <laughs> Um, I, my job is not to be a media performer. My job is to fight for our industry every day. And that's what I'm attempting to do. And it trying is, to do it for us all.
0: It is one of those things, and I pointed it out to a person yesterday. Um, a lot of previous CEOs have come out and have spoken to people and the likes, and they've gone away after six months and will work through the processes. You've only been in the job for six months. Unfortunately, you've had to make a horribly tough decision I would imagine from both yourself and for the whole crew at HRV um, from the top to the bottom. Um, but you are actually on the front foot trying to drive this industry forward, albeit right at the minute everyone thinks we're going backwards. Um, that's not the end game. The end game is to to strive forward, but right at the minute, we've just got to live within our means.
1: It's some tough love because we do love it. We all love it at HRV. I love the industry and I want to make a difference, but I want to make sure that difference is there for the future. So this is... Uh um, and the intervention that we need right now.
0: Harness Racing in Victoria, just remember that. It was written and spoken by Matt Isaacs. So, mate, thank you. Thanks, Paul. We'll look forward to chat next time. Next time, we'll make it a five, ten minute one. It'll right. be, a lot, be a lot easier, but thank Thanks. you very much, mate. Thank you.